You're tuning in to Missouri NEA Connects, a podcast to focus on all things Missouri education, from policy to practice, so that each of us can unite, inspire, and lead from where we are. We're happy you're here. I am so excited to announce that the next two episodes are member-led episodes from some incredible human beings, some incredible members who are rock stars in every sense of the word. They are members of our resolutions committee. They are NEA directors. They are leaders. They are educators who embody, unite, inspire, and lead. So join us with Andy Slaughter, who is our guest host from Merrimack Valley NEA and NEA director, along with Lindsay Weatherby of Special School District NEA and Alicia Kleppel of North Kansas City NEA as they discuss their research surrounding student use of technology and its impact on the classroom and teachers. And welcome back to MNEA Connects. My name is Andy Slaughter. I'm the Junior NEA Director for Missouri NEA, and I'll be your guest host. Today, I'm joined by MNEA members Alicia Kleppel and Lindsay Weatherby. Hi, everyone. The three of us have been doing a research study on student use of technology and social media and what that actually means for teachers in the classroom. We've been compiling research and polling our members to see what they think and what is happening in their line of work. Our full work will be available once we've put the finishing touches on it all. But for now, I think it's important that we start having some conversations around what it means to be a teacher in the age of social media and cell phones. So we've pulled 558 Missouri teachers for this study. You guys have seen the results. What surprised you the most about the results we got? Alicia? So one of the, there was two things that surprised me. Uh, The first being that over 50% of the people who responded to our poll were elementary teachers. And furthermore, it was um, divided out by early elementary and um, our more intermediate kids at like three through five grade. But one specific um, anecdotal note that a teacher had shared was that around... um, the start of a school day, a student turned their cell phone off. And when they turned it back on at the end of the day, they had reported 250 notifications that they had missed. And I couldn't even fathom the amount of disruptions that that would have caused to that child's um, school day and what they would have missed out on if they would have responded to those different notifications. So um, those were two things that really surprised me about the results we got. Um, I would say that it was pretty similar for me in that I was really surprised by the fact that 50% of our results were, in fact, from elementary school teachers. Um, You know, you expect that to happen with middle school and high school, but I I didn't necessarily expect to see what what we saw there. I think it's also really important to note that we had not just teachers take the survey, It was people from every aspect of education. Um, Our second highest respondent was counselors. And so I think that is really important to note as well, that it's not just the classroom that this is an issue. It's on the bus. It is with their, you know, mental health in the counseling sector. It is in the classroom. It is in the lunchroom. It is, it's everywhere. 
And I think that was the most surprising thing for me. I think we saw the that um, zero respondents, we had no respondents that were middle and high school say that the mental health of our students was not negatively affected. Like every one of them said that it was negatively affected by the use of social media and cell phones during the day. And that's, that's big that their, that their mental health was the, was the worst thing affected. And when we see that, we see a lot of these studies where, you know, kids are uh, basically committing suicide because of things that go on online and the bullying that happens and the loneliness that happens. I, I don't think people realize that the connection that people get in the physical world is a lot different than the connections that we get online. The online connections are much more negative. And there's a lot of things that you get from interacting socially in the physical world, you know, body language, touch that you don't see when you get online. And some of those things, I think, as, as a human, that you need those things, that physical presence to uh, make those connections. And the social media really doesn't provide that. And I think that was the biggest thing that for me, that this, the, the negative uh, mental health aspects of the constant use of social media. So, and, and that kind of goes back to some of these problems that we're seeing in school. Uh, going back all the way to back to 2007. I mean, we go back, I mean, that was like the days of MySpace, right? Uh, that was like, I think that was like, the, wasn't that like the first like big social media yeah. thing? I know Facebook was around, but I think that was just like rating people's hotness. Like, I think that's all Facebook was at the time. No, no, no. Facebook 2005, you had to have the college um, email address and it was how you connected with people from across town. Right. Oh, well, I, I didn't have Facebook in 2005. So. <laughs> I did have a MySpace account. I found all kinds of cool bands on MySpace. It was great. But I remember like the, when the first, when I re first realized this was going to be a problem for middle and high school students, I, 2007, we, I think everybody just had like my space in my school and to get on it, you didn't have a phone app. I mean, you had to go home, physically sit down at your desktop and get logged into my space. Well, they had this like straight A uh, seventh grade girl, very, very intelligent, um, Go home, get on to her boyfriend's MySpace, and she sees that one of the other little seventh grade girls has said the most scandalous thing that she could possibly say on his MySpace. She literally wrote, yo, what's up? And that was it. Well, the next day, my straight-A student came to school, looks at that girl by her locker, and says, hey, I saw what you said to my boyfriend on MySpace. Before that girl got a chance to respond, she'd already hit her into the locker, dropped her to the floor, and started kicking her face. It was the worst assault I've ever seen in my career. Girl went to the hospital. It was bad. And I knew right then that the social media thing was not going to be a great thing for kids. Uh, their, their brains just weren't ready for it. So in that light, what problems do we see social media and cell phones causing in school, in the school environment? Lindsay? Um, I mean, I think post-COVID, it's very obvious that we're seeing a lot of issues, right? That was kind of, we were already headed into a technological realm, but I feel like that really pushed us to the point of no return. 
Um, and you know, at the time it was great. It was very useful and it was incredibly helpful. But now that we are a few years post COVID, you know, we're starting to be post COVID. Um, we're starting to see issues with kids. You know, their depression is huge. Their anxiety is huge. I mean, the number of students that we have had that have been, you know, had to be tested because their anxiety, because they won't come to school, because they won't do anything. And, you know, so special education, I feel like is, is everywhere seeing it, but we're really starting to see that impact with the referrals that we're getting and the process that we're going through and just the mental health struggles that kids are having that, you know, maybe they were there a little bit before, but now it's, I mean, our, my ED room, my teacher's ED room, she has 30 kids on her caseload. She had 12 typically before. So Alicia, what problems are you guys seeing? What do you, what are we seeing overall in the classroom that's caused by social media, cell phone use? So I think some of the issues that we're seeing are the bullying um, and just peer relations in general. We're not focusing enough on the social emotional. I know that's becoming almost a nasty buzzword in the education realm. But what's happening is in society, we're seeing through social media a cruelness that we may not have seen uh, previously. When you're having a conversation with a person and you are, disagree with them, in the case of the the student you were talking about from 2007, she probably would have responded much more differently had she had just had a conversation with that person. But now with social media, we are seeing students pick these battles online. And once they start that, all of their friends get involved. And so it, it quickly becomes this multi-person assault. Um, and then that causes that mental health issue with our students that is then draining and causing issues in the classroom. Um, Rex Soddenbury tweeted out in March some stats that I thought were really interesting. In the 90s, students or kids were spending most of their days or their afternoons with peers. We're, now we're seeing that significantly smaller, more like 25%. What are the kids doing? If they're not out together interacting with each other, being social, being in community and having those connections, I mean, what, what can we expect? And us adults, I don't know that we're necessarily modeling much better. I know myself, I sometimes catch myself on my device too much or being notified um, on my smartwatch during the day and I check it. So I definitely think that there's an impact that we need to do. I think too, yeah. there's a different, I think there's a different, um, with what you were saying, Alicia, like different just outcomes. Whereas before, like when kids were mean to each other, it was like, oh, you know, you're dumb. I don't know. That's probably not right. But now we're seeing like kids are sending each other pictures and those pictures are being shared and it's becoming not only a mental health crisis, but an actual like police crisis. So I feel like we're taking the level of problems and, and things that kids are experiencing um, and making that age so much lower. So that, and kids aren't ready. They're not ready for that. 
Well, I think you, the, the, we as a society never really looked at that. I mean, you're giving a child whose you know, prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, their logic center is not fully developed, their reason center is not fully developed. You're giving them a cell phone with a camera and saying, here you go, have at it, kid, because they don't, there's, no, there's no real safeguards. They can send whatever they want, and it's not caught until after the fact. There was no, there's no way to you know, police beforehand. Uh, and the only way to do that is to not give them the cell phone with the camera, which is probably the smarter thing to do. But um, I think a few years ago, I asked, or actually it was last year, I asked my kids, I was like, how many of you guys have a cell phone? Almost all of them raised their hand that they had a smartphone. Like almost all of them had a smartphone. I said, how many of you guys have parental restrictions on those phones? And none of them raised their hand. They said they were all unrestricted. They can go anywhere they want on the internet at any time. And nobody is policing that. And they, my kids are in sixth grade. They are 11 and 12 years old. And so we complain about things like what what's they have access to in the library that they don't go into, that 95% of them don't check out books from. But almost every last one of them has a cell phone with unrestricted access to the darkest parts of the internet. And nobody has done anything about it. And I, and I think, think that's, that's a great point, Andy. I mean, we need to really think about not just the cell phones, but when we're giving one-on-one devices, so many districts have switched to one-on-one since COVID when we had to switch education to a virtual realm. And so when we allow them this unfiltered access when they're at home and no one's there to monitor them, what's the point of a book ban? They can get anything that they want online. And that's, and that's 100% true. And, and I don't, I, I've yet to figure out where that connection hasn't been made and why it hasn't been made, because we're talking about things that are, are very insignificant that almost no one is having access to or even gets access to versus the thing that everyone has access to. Yeah. And I think that there are protections in place in the school, right? So <clears throat> we use Securely. And it's sent out to parents, this is exactly the YouTube videos that your kids were looking at. This is exactly the sites that they visited. So <clears throat> there is a certain level of protection, I feel like, with schools. However, my kids know how to get around those things. Can they get around everything? No. There are trigger words. There are certain videos that are not going to come through. But there are a lot of things that they can get around. So how, how much protection is there really? And, and yeah, and our, my kids are the same way. If I want to know how to get around something or to get something, if I'm like, hey, I can't get this video because half the time those the, our blocking websites block the things I needed to not block, you know, educational stuff. I'm like, anybody you guys know how to get around this? And they almost always do. Well, and one of the things that we've had an issue with, and I've heard other districts as well, there's more protections in the classroom and when you're on the school servers versus when they go home. Once it switches to home, a lot of those protections I feel like families are counting on aren't there. And I don't think that they are aware of that. But it's a moot point if they're putting the school device away and sitting on a cell phone. So, I mean, it really is going to have to be a societal decision that these are our babies and we want what is best for them and we have to change the conversation. So, in that light, you know, we've talked a little bit about how the school district does filter some things. The school filter is decent, but not great. Um, 
in terms of distractions, in terms of things that go on in the classroom, do you think that school districts deal with cell phones and social media effectively? I think it depends on the school. Like, for example, I know of a district where there are two middle schools. One of the middle schools um, has cell phones on lockdown. They are not allowed to be out during the school day. Um, You cannot have them at lunch. Like if they're out, there are consequences that are followed through on. This is, you know, multiple years into this and the kids are used to it. And the issues that they see are few and far between. The exact same district, different middle school. They don't have a cell phone policy. And, you know, there are kids getting suspended for social media. There are kids sharing inappropriate pictures with people. Um, So I don't know that it's as easy to say that, yes, people are, yes, they aren't, because I do think there are things that could be put into place. However, there are reasons that people will or won't put those into place. And I think that until we as a society, like, have standards, it's going to be like that, because I do see both sides of the argument. You know, at the school where they lock it down, they see less issues. At the school where they don't lock it down... They say things like, well, these kids are going to be in high school and they're not going to have everything locked down for them. And they have to figure out how to navigate and how to make the choices that are appropriate sometime. So is it better to do it now or is it better to do it when they're 18? So and, and that was a and that was a point that a lot of our respondents talked about. Because almost none of our high school teaching respondents said that their their school had cell phone restrictions, that they basically were allowed to have them out all day long. And in a lot of those schools, you're seeing social media arguments turn into violence in the schools. Guns are being brought into the schools. Fights are happening at the schools, all because of online arguments that happen off school grounds. And sometimes actually during the school day because they're allowing the cell phones. So, Alicia, what do you th- what is, do you think districts overall deal with cell phones and social media effectively? Even the s- districts that have policies, um, our district recently um, adopted a policy, and they're seeing some success with it. But it depends on the family support and the teachers reporting it. If a teacher is not willing to confiscate and send the phone to the office or call the security guard to escort it nothing changes. And one of the issues, teachers will not take a phone, nor should they, because of the liability if something happened and the phone was stolen. You're looking at a $1,000 piece of equipment. No teacher wants that liability. And so I see kind of both sides from it. But the if they go home and they pick it up in the office and there's no repercussion or discussion once they leave school grounds, it's just going to continue to happen. So I feel like, again, it goes back to societal conversation. We can't be doing this alone in the education setting. With what you're saying there too, like I feel like it's also a liability because now we're seeing people get attacked. Students are attacking teachers who are taking their devices. And that's, and that's another question. You know, we, we, we're not only just seeing cell phones in schools. You see other devices. Nintendo Switches are coming to school. Gaming systems come to school. Tablets come to school. And again, a lot of times the school has no real basis to, to take these or doesn't feel comfortable doing it because the second you take them, either the kid, you know, may attack you or, you know, lose. They may have created behavior disturbance because of it. A lot of times the parents won't, 
you know, support you in that. Then why'd you take my kid's cell phone? So well, Andy, we don't have a lot of backing for that. And another point, at least in the elementary setting, some of the things that I see are on the smartwatches. The kids have a smartwatch and the person sending them notifications are the parents. So you've got a second grader who's being disrupted in the middle of the school day and it's their mom or dad texting them about a change of plans in the middle of the day. And so at some point, was that really worth it to have that conversation if it derailed their ability to focus on a lesson or a unit and then they missed out and then started acting out because they didn't know what was happening. And I think that that's going to come down to some of the things we're going to talk about in our next episode, which is we'll deal with should we take cell phones away and should society restrict some of these things, social media and cell phones for underage individuals, you know, depending on the age, should we do those things? But those are things we're going to talk about next time because that's all the time we have for today. But we'll be back more on this topic. So until next time, thank you for listening to MNEA Connects. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you all next time. Mm -hmm.